And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive, okay? Uh, I'm feeling as positive as ever, you know? Feeling just fantastic. I've had a good day today so far, and we're going to keep going, all right? My positivity simply cannot be stopped in this pandemic. And you know what? This week, am I still rocking the fringe? Absolutely. Have I now got frosted tips? You better fucking believe it, okay? I frosted the tips. Um, I think I've got what girls call belayage. I don't know what this is when you've got the bottom half blonde, but that's what I've got. And you know what? You can either get it or you can not get it. Okay, but just know that if you don't get it, that's on you. All right, so I've got frosted tips. I've got a fringe. You can either get on board or keep your hateful... No, actually, keep the hate coming. It's pretty It's pretty banterous. Gets me through the day. But yeah, so I've got frosted tips now. I'll tell you, what a time to be alive. Dude, I wish the fucking pubs would open. I'm dead set. I've never looked better. You know? It's exciting. So, you know, feel the hype, spread the hype, etc. Um, I mean... Feeling the hype, what what a what a time to be feeling hype in where you've got to feel that hype and you've got to spread it now almost exclusively digitally because if you if you walk outside and try and spread some hype to your elderly neighbour, give him a handshake, dude, you've just killed Jeff, okay? So spread that hype digitally, maybe yell over the fence, that's another good way to do it. Uh, but but yeah, we keep on keeping on. I will say the Easter long weekend came and went. And we treated it as a as an Easter long weekend, even though not heaps of work's been getting done in this house in particular. Um, half the lads still have jobs, half of us don't. I won't say which ones are which, but me and Sam don't have jobs. Uh, so this was great. We had um, one of these things where like spontaneously on Thursday night, we just got absolutely off our rocker in our own house. And that's... That's something you weren't doing a lot of pre-pandemic, just getting just getting blitzed in the living room. And it was a lot of fun, you know. Uh, we had we had the red wine flowing, the beers. We had Avril Lavigne music videos playing at full blast. And when I say full blast, I mean full blast, okay? So if my hair was a volume, that's how fucking loud this sound was, okay? And it was going great, having a great time. But like I said, we are in a war with our neighbor, over the back fence. And unfortunately, it's a bad time to be at war with your neighbours. Um, is there ever a good time? Absolutely. Um, probably during the summer when you've got a pool and they don't. Um, maybe any time you, you've been raking up leaves and you throw them into their backyard, that's a good good time to be at war. You know, that's a mug off. Have my leaves, you piece of shit. Like, yeah, that's what it's about. But we're, we're at war with our back neighbour and it's a really bad time to be at war with a neighbour because... I mean, he can call the police on us at any time and the police actually will turn up and that's exactly what happened Thursday night. And I'm a bit worried that our house is going to get flagged because the cops have been here twice in the last three weeks now. And look, to the old bloke over the back fence, we know it was you. I don't know your name, but eventually you're going to push me to a point where all these drunk threats I'm making to the lad saying, I'm going to go over there and give you a piece of my mind. Eventually I will follow through. If you call the cops another four to five times, I will follow through on coming around there and giving you a talking to. I'll give you a talking to, okay? I will not incite violence because you look like you're 75 and I think if I breathe on you, I could kill you. Uh, but but I will come over there and give you a talking to. And like I said, mate, if you call the cops another four to five times, I'll be left with no choice. So that's on you, hombre. That's on you. But so the cops come around and... The thing with my house is we're four blokes. We had no guests over, but we have the energy of a like a fucking small gathering of 17 people. You know, like I said, Avril Lavigne's blasting. Which albums? Her first two. We're not silly. Her first two. Uh, and the cops come in. And I personally am not usually too good at this sort of thing, but I found myself, they've done the old through the back door. They must have been knocking on the front door and we couldn't hear them over... Uh, over Nobody's Home by Avril Lavigne. But, so they come around the back and they do the old, the torchlight in. I'm not sure what grade these torches are, but it was like, dude, you could dead set set up some police torches at the SCG and play a game under lights. Like, it's got to be the most abrasive and aggressive light of all time. I think the light's so bright, so it makes everyone 
look white from the cops angle so they don't just start fucking unloading lead on cunts but uh but yeah so the the, the lights come in i find myself i'm next to the back door so i turn around i'm now the i'm the alpha male of the situation on our end just by default so i said uh i said and also i'll be i'll be candid on this podcast we get candid I'd had about 46 schooners at this time. I was so drunk, I was thinking about even playing Avril Lavigne's fourth album. Okay, that's how... That's where I was at, mentally. Um, but I fucking snap it together, as you do when the cops come around. And the guy goes, Hey guys, we've had a complaint. I go, is this a coronavirus complaint or a noise complaint? Because we all live here. And he said, it's a coronavirus complaint. I said, well, we all live here. It's just the four of us. Um, we will turn the music down, but I should let you know, we are in a war with our back neighbor. That old bloke is a piece of shit. And I said this because I was, I was drunk and I just, I wanted them to know because if they keep getting calls, I want them to know to disregard these calls because this guy is a piece of shit. He might be a communist. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I did, I did see him doing some weird shit. Like, I don't know, whatever communists do, like maybe torturing someone. I'm not sure. Um, but I said, look, I will let you know, we're in a war with our back neighbor. Um, he absolutely hates us. We all live here. We'll turn the music down. Apologies. And then I sort of whispered, also, he might be a communist. Look into it. And they said, what? And I said, look, just look into it. Just look into it. So that's sort of that out. I thought until my roommate Brad pipes up blind. He goes, if you guys need some ID, I just got my green peas yesterday. This, that's what he said. And I said, Brad, just that'll do. And he goes, you can check. Keep in mind, this bloke's 27, just got his green peas. Not something to sing from the halls, I would have thought. But he, and so Brad's yelling at the cops going, come and check my green peas. I could do a hundred now. Look at me. Like, and and we literally had to grab Brad. We're like, stop, stop. And the cops are looking at me. I'm like, and I hadn't frosted my tips yet. So I didn't have that extra confidence. You know, I was like, I'm so sorry. Come back tomorrow. Once I have frosted tips. And I'll be able to face this head on, but but right now, yeah, I didn't have the confidence. So we had an absolute time on Thursday night, just carrying on like absolute fucking schoolgirls. And that's what it's about, you know, just having good old, good old bit of fun. I will say two of the blokes in my house vomited. I won't say who they are, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And I'll say that on this podcast, we get candid. I'd tell you if I vomited, but it wasn't me. Um, and... That's pretty much it on that night in particular. Uh, i got to say, looking back on this Easter long weekend, we were absolute 16-year-olds. We fucking had like a mini house party listening to Avril Lavigne. And it was my choice to listen to Avril as well. Fucking love her. Um, and then uh, Friday, we bleached Sam's hair and frosted me and Macca's tips. And that was great. Um... Sam, he does look good with blonde hair. I will say that. He does look like a homosexual. And that's not derogatory. He just looks like, like from a distance, you'd be like, dude, that, yeah, that guy's gay. He's like probably one of the gayer guys I've come across. And that's not a negative. That's just what he looks like now. He also has a mustache and um, some aviators. He looks like a gay guy who's just returned from like a stint at sea. You know what I mean? He'd be like a maybe a charter cruise captain or something. I'm not sure, but yeah. But it looks good. Uh, but when the pub's open, he's going to have to either fucking, I don't know, he's either going to have to diet back or get ready to accept a lot of free vodka sodas from blokes named Craig because he looks gay. And that's just how it is. I will say, just on this whole um, being 16-year-olds thing, this was embarrassing. Like I said, we're not a big drug house, but due to the boredom of the situation we find ourselves in, I've been possibly doing some more narcotics than I usually would. And it's out of boredom. So you can take that to the cops. But allegedly, but we, we uh, someone, I won't say who, Macca, left a bag of weed on the coffee table and my mate's dad came around. And he like, and he, yeah, he's an absolute legend. The, the old fellow, we love him to death. But we were like, oh, fuck. Old Dave has seen the weed. This is, uh, this is embarrassing. Because, you know, it's still like, you know, we're all 25, but it's like, it's still your parents, you know. You know when your parents know you're fucking doing drugs. But, but then, uh, 
fuck up. So we're all nervous. We're all like outside, like school children, waiting for our fucking bleach to to be in there for forty five minutes so we can rinse it out. Wondering if Sam's dad saw our weed, like fucking just embarrassing from start to finish. Really, I mean, get your life together, Darcy. But it's still a bit of fun. But it was embarrassing. And then Sam's dad, to his credit, came out and was like, fuck, lads. Don't know whose bag of weed that is, but I uh, just put it in the kitchen for you. Thanking you, Dave. Thanking you. So, and now it's like we've turned a corner. We can openly smoke weed in our own house, which is something, you know, if Dave came around, we would sort of do it out the back or whatever. But now, look at us. We're 25. We're adults. We've got frosted tips. We've got fringes. And we're getting it done. We're getting it done. So, you know, it's fucking weird. It's a weird world. Ah, uh, obviously. What a stupid thing to say, Billy. It's a weird world. <laughs> this corona thing. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm sorry about that. It was a dumb thing to say and it won't happen again. Uh, but I will say it's a crazy world because I was thinking about it this morning. So I'd be heading into the last week of my Melbourne Comedy Festival debut run. 22 shows it would have been. And then next week, or the week after, I would have my four Sydney shows, which were going to be sick. And and the, I was so excited about the show I was doing. The show, by the time I left Adelaide, I was like, dude, this thing fucking rips. Like, come get some of this. Um, and then, yeah, so this morning would have been like, yeah, four, four or five shows left in Melbourne. And I found myself applying for Centrelink. So, <laughs> who fucking knows what's going to happen next, you know? But I got the fateful call Monday. Centrelink called me back. Oh, pumped. I was, I was having to be out the back with Sam. And my phone was on silent, but I just happened to be looking at it. It came up, no caller ID. Bam, it was Centrelink. Oh, elated. Absolutely elated. Okay, and the I will say the Centrelink uh, operators, be nice to them. They are extremely jumpy. And when you're on hold, there's like a message that plays over and over again saying, please... Do not abuse our staff. Please just leave them alone. They've been through enough. It is, they will hang up on you. And by the time you get on there, you know, you're like, I was like, hey, how are you going? She's like, I'm fine. I'm so sorry. Please, how can I help? Please stop. And I was like, it's okay. Everything's okay. I just need a reference number. She's like, I can do that. I can do. And I was like, everything's okay. Everything's okay. She's like, oh God, sorry. You know, these poor, it's got to be one of the worst jobs going around. Just getting yelled at all day, but... It's not their fault. And this lady was very helpful. Unfortunately, despite her best efforts, she was actually, uh, turns out she did sort of make a mistake, uh, whether it's her fault or not. But the next morning, I tried to then sign up for my Centrelink account. But it turned out I had attempted to lodge a claim when I was 18. Um, and I never got that. That claim didn't go through. I tried to get like the, when I was unemployed at uni, try and get the Oz study or whatever. And I didn't get it for whatever reason. Like I tried to, but they said no. And so long story short, it meant that I had an online account already and I'd got the registration code for a new account, but then I was trying to set up a second account. Fucking nightmare. And then I'm trying to get into my old account from when I was 17 or 18. And I had to get my passport and my birth certificate from when I set up that account. And I had an old passport. I'm on the phone with my mom going like, what's my birth certificate number? And it was just fucking two hours of absolute hell. Hell. Okay, but then I called them back today. I will say, if you have any online troubles with your account with Centrelink, there's a separate number for account troubleshooting. And they're open at 7 a.m. This morning, I'm on the blower at 7 a.m. Straight through. Karen was her name. Thank you, Karen. She gave me the linking code into my old account. We're fucking off to the races. Awesome. Awesome. So... That was that was a huge win for me this morning, and uh, it was just it was just absolutely fantastic. I will say a big shout out to my mate uh, Dorso. This guy, what's the opposite of Pelican of the Week? This guy's just a fucking hero, just a genuine hero. So he's been doing some work in our area recently. So all week, seven a.m. on the dot, this guy will drive past the house and be like, and just scream at the top of his lungs, "Hey boys!" Wow, and just I just give a massive. Massive yell, best way to wake up. This morning, 7am, my alarm goes off. 
I got Dorso going, hey boys. And then I get straight through to Centrelink and I'm just like, bam, like a bat out of hell. You know, that's how you start a day. That's how you start a day. And then I went in the backyard, did a few weights around the pool. Guess who came out over the back fence? That old bloke. Yeah. I, I was doing some bicep curls, just a bit of eye contact for him. Hey, brother. Hey, push comes to shove. I'll fucking come over there. I'll give you a talking to. I'll give you one of the one of the sternest talking tos you've ever had in your 83 years on this planet. Okay? Call the cops another four to five times. There'll be consequences. There will be consequences. You old piece of shit. I'm losing my patience with the old guy. Um, uh, what was the point of that? Yeah, so that's... Shout out to my, my mate Dorse who's been um, giving us an alarm clock wake up from a freaking two-lane 70 zone out the front. Now, that's commitment to the cause. Um, and, you know, if, if anyone needs a custom wake up, I would, I would definitely see if you can get a friend, any of your tradie mates, see if they can swing by your house at 6.30 and just scream at you while doing doing freaking 110 through a 70. That gets you going. That gets you up and about. But yeah, so that was exciting. Thank you, Dawson, for the... I hope either they continue. They're fucking awesome. So yeah, we got... We're just being bloody 16-year-olds around here. I don't know what you want. Um, so I thought some of those stories were cool, but in hindsight, it's probably the most embarrassing weekend anyone's ever recounted. We got... The cops called on us for watching Avril Lavigne. My mate's dad caught us with weed. I had some trouble setting up my Centrelink account and and I frosted my tips. So what the fuck did you get up to over your weekend? Yeah, no? God, I miss my ex-girlfriend so much. But, uh, but, 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 that's okay. Because we got some more stories and I'm assuming they've, I'm assuming these next stories will be cooler because you can't get more lame than that. I wouldn't have thought, but you never... Oh, actually, this next one, I come off pretty lame as well. Okay. Well, we're at fucking 17 minutes. Dude, I tell you what, can this guy tell Iano what? We're at 17 minutes, I didn't even leave the fucking house. I can't tell if this is great storytelling or the worst podcast on the planet. I literally have no idea. I'm a sociopath. I cannot tell the difference. But this next story... Um, I will say I come off a bit lame again, but how's this? The other day, it's five o'clock. My mate, uh, Brad, uh, shout out, just got his green peas at 27. You know, you can still kick goals in this pandemic world, but I will say my mate, Brad, it's five o'clock. Me and him are the only one home. I knock on his bedroom door. I say, Hey mate, what are you doing? I'm bored out of my mind. Let's have a beer, play a bit of pool. Cause we've got that pool table. And he goes, sorry, mate. I'm actually um, booked in for a virtual drinks with my workmates. That's how much of a fucking loser I am. I got blown off for a virtual drink. He'd rather have an imaginary drink with someone else in a screen than have a real drink with me in the same room. Do you have any idea how insulting that is? Okay. So we sat in separate rooms. He sat in his bedroom. I sat in the living room next door to him. I had a beer and played pool by myself and I could hear him and his virtual mates laughing it up in the next room, having a good old time, weren't they? It's like, that is just fucking so grim, you know? And it's not as easy, you know, if he's having maybe down the pub with his with his workmates, I say, why don't I pop by? I'm outgoing, I'll fit in, you know? But you can't just pop in on a, on a Zoom drinks. Hey guys, my name's Billy. I recently uh, lost my job and... Uh, but still love to have a laugh. What's everyone up to? You know, you'll just see screens start to go blank as everyone logs off, you know, and it's so easy to get out of a zoom drinks, a virtual drink. You know, you can just say, sorry, Wi-Fi's down in Australia. That's so easy. Sorry, Wi-Fi's down. Imagine if you could do that at the pub. Some guys just chewing your ear off real pelican. You, you just look at your phone and go, sorry, no reception. Catch you later and just turn your back on them. That's what pe- these people are doing in these Zoom things when you, when you log off. But anyway, so I could hear them laughing in the next room. I was jealous of my mate's Zoom chat, his Zoom drinks, you know. Brutal. I was in the next room going, dude, I bet it's not even that funny. You know, I bet he's putting those laughs on. Dude, I'm funny. I'm the fucking... I was literally just talking to myself, sipping a beer, going, I'm the funnest goddamn guy out. I'm so fun. I make people laugh all the time. Fucking whatever, dude. Yeah, I'm the... I'm great 
You know, it was, God, it was embarrassing. But I don't know, dude. He's, it's like, is there anything more forced from a corporate company than Zoom drinks, you know? Hey, guys. <laughs> so you log out of the Zoom. You go, hey, guys, all right, I'll see everyone at the drinks. And then everyone, like, logs back on with, like, a T-shirt and a glass of wine. Like, way. <laughs> I guess it's kind of funny. You know, has camaraderie in the office is up 200%. Even the, I don't know. You know. Nothing says camaraderie on a Zoom chat than someone's screen glitching and it sounds like they said a slur, you know? Karen's like, da-da-da, and it gets stuck and you're like, oh my God, what the... And then it comes back on and she's like laughing. It's like, Jesus Christ, Karen. Is that what you think about Vietnamese people? My Lord. And she's like, what, what, what? And it's like, well, sorry, we got HR in the top left corner here. They've recorded the whole thing. See you later, you know? Bloody Stacy in accounts is half Viet. You can't just say that on a Zoom chat, whether she's logged on or not. All right, that was disgusting. But yeah, so I got I got blown off for a virtual drink. Anyway, wrap your head around that. A new low for me. But uh, did I FaceTime my mum and I was like laughing. I was like, me, we're having way more fun. But we weren't. We weren't having more fun. But I will say this. I will say this. Uh, where's the ruling on this? I'll say, I just... Uh, and, and Pelican of the Week was Brad for ditching me on that freaking virtual drinks, you know? He eventually came out later after like 45 minutes, but... And we had a real drink together, but, you know, the moment was kind of lost, you know? So anyway. I will say, what's the ruling on this? My roommate wanted me to pay him back for meat he stole from Woolies the other day. Right? He goes up to Woolies, gets some food, and I go, mate, what do I owe you? He goes, well, the steaks were 20 bucks, so... Just transfer me when you can. I go, well, you just told me you stole them. So he goes, yeah, yeah they were 20, they were 20 bucks though. That was, that's like what their value is. I go, but you stole them. You got them for free. I'm not chipping in. You know, how greedy can you be? You've already gone in, broken the law. Let's put that to the side. You know, I'm not, I'm not a snitch, but, uh, but it's like now you want to turn a profit on this crime as well. You know, you want to turn this freaking one-stop five-finger discount into some sort of a pyramid scheme where I'm paying your rent, you know? Like, it's like, he's like, oh, well, mate, you know, it's only fair. I go, oh, so now it's, now we're doing what's fair, you know? Now we're, now we're men of principles, are we? You're, def- you're knocking off steaks of salmon from the fucking deli up at Woolies. But once you, uh, once I'm in the room with my frosted tips, all of a sudden we're all freaking hunky-dory, get out the calculator. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I don't know how you justify that. You know, if your roommate's knocked off a steak, two steaks, do I pay him a quarter of the value? Is it just a fucking free, free thing? I don't know. He did take on the risk, but then it's like, how much freaking, you know, how organized are we going to be about freaking leveling out this crime? And it is a crime. Okay. It is a crime. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just was like a Mexican standoff. We never resolved it. I said, uh, "I said, well, I'll just call the police." Obviously, I was bluffing. There's no way I'm calling the police. Not after the Avril Lavigne incident, but uh, but yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the ethics are on that. I said I'll chip in for what you actually paid for. I thought that was that seemed fair to me. Um, but yeah, I still don't know. I still don't know. So yeah, I don't know if you if you've been in a similar situation, feel free to message me about that one because that I feel like I should pay something, but not not what I would have paid if he had paid. If you know what I mean, I'm not sure either. But I, this is the story I was going to tell last week, the Grafton gig story. So I went on a comedy tour about three years ago now, the Young Guns comedy tour. Me, six of the lads in a bus for like two weeks. We drove from Sydney up to Byron Bay and then we zigzagged back down and uh, and did a gig in every town. And it was possibly the best two weeks of my life. Fucking great times. Cracking times, okay? Um, and, you know, just such a mix of personalities. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. But we did some bad gigs. I'm not going to glorify the tour. There were some rough gigs in there, okay? Now, the worst town we went to I'm going to bleep this out. Wait, no, I'm not. If you live in Grafton, I want you to know that place sucks. And so do you. And I mean that. Okay, Grafton, 
sucks. It fucking sucks. Okay? Terrible town. It's a prison town, and half the town is openly racist. They say, oh yeah, I think it's West Grafton is the racist part. And that's just something people say around the town. Okay? Um, and they've got a huge prison there. It's not a good town. So we rolled in the night before, and I will say we met some great people in Grafton, but overall, I'd say, if I had to put the people of Grafton in like a manila folder, I'd just write cunts on the front. That's what I'd write on that folder. So... That doesn't mean in that folder there's not some good files, but I mean, that's what the file would be called. So anyway, so we roll into the into Grafton the night before because we had, we had like a free night for some reason. We're staying at the pub. We meet the guys. It's a huge room. This is easily the biggest room we're playing. Crowds on this tour were varied. We had some shows to 10 people, some shows to 70. And I think maybe like I want to say 70 or 80 was our highest. And then, yeah, it was real up and down. Grafton, biggest room by far. Held about held about 150 people this room. Huge stage. Like, I think when Tiesto came to town, he played on this stage. And it had, like, a huge thing behind us. They would say, like, Billy Darcy, like, massive LED screen. And um, massive room. Held about 150 people. I think it was a free show. So we did different deals with different pubs. This one was a free show. And the pub gave us, like, just... Uh, like a lump sum, I think. Um, anyway, so the night before, we meet the owner who's lovely. We meet all the, the staff are lovely. Probably actually the best schnitty I've ever had at a pub in my life was at this Grafton pub as well. So it's not all bad. Um, we meet the owner's son who's just up from Melbourne. He just moved there. And he was real weird, this guy. You know when someone's ashamed of where they're from? The worst quality to have. People in Adelaide have this a lot where they're like, oh, yeah, I'm from Adelaide, sorry. And it's like, fucking have some pride, you know? This guy was that. He was like, he was like, yeah, I'm, uh, my dad owns the pub. I'm just visiting though. I'm not from here. I go, oh, okay. He go, he's like, yeah, I live in Melbourne now, so much cooler. Yeah, I'm not from here. I'm not from here. I just, I grew up here, but I'm not from here. I'm from Melbourne. And I was like, but you just moved to Melbourne. He's like, yeah, yeah that's where I'm from. I go, but you grew up here. He goes, yeah. I said, you lived your whole life here until you just recently moved to Melbourne. He said, yep. And I said, so you're from here? And he goes, no, I'm from Melbourne. I'm not from here. And I was just like, whatever, dude. Okay, you can fucking sort that out with the therapist. I don't have the time. So we had a beer at the pub the night before. Met a couple of lovely locals, actually. And and there was an all-in brawl at the pub. Like, the whole pub ran in. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And it turned out some guy was fucking some other guy's mum. I swear to God, 100%. And the whole pub ran in, ran in. So we're in the beer garden and like people just started running from everywhere. Security guards, I mean, they were fighting a losing fight. And it was just like the whole, like everyone in the pub just started fighting each other. But the start of it was these two guys going at each other. And people are jumping the fence from outside the pub to get in. People are jumping the fence from inside the pub to get out and fight people. It was like fucking, and everyone's messed up. So this is like 15 rounds you know, you got to go the distance, okay? Um, but I've never seen anything like it. The whole pub ran in. It was great. Um, obviously, I'll be candid. I didn't run in, okay? I'm a terrible fighter. I would have lost everything to these blokes. They were absolutely ravenous for blood. I think I kind of looked like the guy's mum as well. So that would have been a real spanner in the works. Um, so anyway, next night, we get to the show. Pat's been going around town. Pat Doherty, he's very charismatic. So he's been going around flyering the stores and stuff. And uh, we get there that night. There's 11 people in the crowd, okay? In, in a room that holds 150, there's 11 people. Of the 11 was a couple we met the night before who said they'd come along. And then a table of seven who was the owner, his wife, and their family, including the son. So seven of the 11 people were the owner and his family, like, and then we just had two randoms who'd like came in out of nowhere. Fuck. It was gotta be, it's gotta be the, it was one of the worst gigs I've ever done. Like Pat goes up there to host the show. I'm headlining. So I'm not on for like an hour and a half. And I just, I, I went upstairs to my room and I was just having like a panic attack. I was like, Oh God, this is going to suck. This is going to suck, suck, suck. Went back downstairs. The lads are just bombing, just bombing. Uh, my mate, George. Still, the worst riff that's ever been seen on a comedy stage was George's up there just eating it. And uh, 
and a lady knocks over her pint and it is a dark liquid. He goes, oh, what were you drinking there? He goes, it looks dark. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, was it Guinness? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, you, sh- you should clean that up. That was his riff. That was him coming hot off the cuff, improving it up. Dude, that, and that was the vibe for the show. We were going down. It was bad. And by the time I went on, I will say it was a bit easier for me because maybe like another 10 people had sort of sauntered in because they were like, what the hell's going on? And uh, by, the end of the, by the end of the show, like I just did crowd work. Oh, the other thing about the show was the whole show, the owner's wife was heckling the shit out of everyone. Just being like, you suck. You're not funny. Why are you even trying? And no one's saying anything because she's sitting next to the owner. It's the owner's wife. So everyone's just copping it. We're just like, oh God. I went up there and, uh, and I had to do like 20 minutes. Too long. Too long for this gig, for sure. But I'm a man of my word. Whatever time I have to do, even if I bomb, I'll, I'll do the time. I'll never get off early. All right, I'll go down with the ship like a gentleman. Like a professional, I should say. Maybe it wasn't very professional because I ended up just absolutely teeing off on the wife because she heckled me and I was like 12 minutes in and I was like, dude, I tell you what, I've had enough. Guess what? Hey, straw that broke the camel's back, have some of this. So I just absolutely teed off on her. I go, you know, the only reason no one's saying anything is because you're sitting next to the fucking owner, you know? It's not because you are funny or what you're doing is helping the show in any way. You suck. And that got big laughs. And I was sort of standing on the shoulders of my friends who took all the bullets early. And by the end of the show, like I'm not going to glorify it. It didn't become like this crazy, awesome show. But by the time I got off, the vibe was kind of like, like the crowd liked us. To the, they were like, good on you guys for, for doing the show. You know, everyone did their time. No, no one, no one, you know, sort of made a mockery of it or whatever. Everyone did the jokes and I did the crowd work. And it was, the, it was like begrudging respect. That's how I'd describe it. Anyway, so we get free drinks all night. The owners are like, fuck yeah, look, good on you guys. We're sorry no one came. It was on them to promote the show, really. Like, we don't know anyone in Grafton. And, uh, and then, so then we're staying at the pub. Pub closed at three and we're all blind. Um, the pub manager goes into the cool room, grabs us another two cases, goes, you can go drink on the balcony upstairs outside your rooms. So we're drinking on the balcony. One of the lads um, brings out some fucking, some narcotics, some, some marijuana. It's all, we're having just, on this beautiful old pub on the balcony, having beers. Oh, fucking mint. And the sun pipes up. This is the guy who's like, I'm not from here. And we were making fun of him because he's up there drinking with us. And I was like, hey, bud, so are you sitting in that seat right now? Like, would you say you're from that seat or you or you just moved to that seat? And we're all just into him being like, you're a fucking pelican. Like, subtly. And because uh, he was just so weird about it. Anyway, so then uh, he pipes up and goes, oh, lads, like, love the show. Um, but I'll be honest, one thing bothered me. And he points to my mate Rowan and he goes, Mate, that suicide joke you did, I'll be honest, mate, like, fair enough if you want to do that in Sydney, but out here, we don't joke about that sort of stuff. Blokes commit suicide out here a lot more, mate. Not fucking funny, all right? So, look, I understand that it's a joke, but out here, mate, we don't joke about that. And it got, really, like, really tense. We're like, whoa. And Rowan goes, wait, what do you mean? Like, out here? And he goes, he goes, mate, out here, we just don't joke about suicide, mate. Lost too many. Like, I know people have committed suicide, mate. It's not fucking funny. Don't joke about that ever again. And Rowan goes... Oh, okay, so don't joke about it ever again. He goes, yeah, mate, not funny. And Ron goes, suicide. So no joking about suicide. And he goes, yeah, mate, not in the country towns. We don't do that. And Rowan leans into this bloke and goes, mate, I don't give a fuck what you have to say. I'm going to tell whatever jokes I want, whenever I want. You can absolutely suck my dick. And just like looked through this cunt who was about twice his size as well. And I was like, dude, this is wild. This is great. And the guy was like, the guy immediately was like, whoa, whoa, yeah, okay, no, no, totally, man, I get it, I get it, it's all jokes, you know, I'm a comedy guy, I get it, I'm just saying some other people might not like it, and Rowan was like, yeah, mate, I I can't be clearer, I couldn't give a shit what you have to say, you're a fucking idiot, don't ever tell me what to joke about again, and then the guy was like, yeah, no, I was kidding, man, I'm, I'm," like, the guy immediately backed off, it was fucking wild, it was the, it was mint, I loved it, and that was how the night ended, because it was just pretty awkward after that, and, uh, but yeah, that was fucking wild. I don't think I could have, I, I don't have any suicide jokes, but if I did, I don't think I'd, I would have been like, yeah, man, oh, uh, but Rowan absolutely gave it to this bloke, fucking mint. Um, so yeah, what, I got a couple more things I want to say. 
Okay. This next one's a bit ranty. I don't know. So, apologies if it comes across that way, but... I actually... Dude, I just told a good story about Rowan saying he doesn't give a fuck. And I'm apologizing to no one. I'm apologizing to the camera for something I'm about to say. God, fuck it. It's the frosted tips. They've turned me into a bitch. Um, so... I gotta say, these Instagram challenges, alright, these Instagram challenges, they do suck. Let's make no mistake about it. If you do them, you suck. And that's just a litmus test, okay? And if you've done three of these challenges, guess what? You triple suck. And I can't be clearer about it. Uh, but this this latest challenge, okay, so the push-ups and the freaking, the sculling the beers and whatever, dude. I love fun. I love banter. Invite me around to your house. I'll get on with everyone. I'm outgoing. I'm wearing a footy jersey. I'm your mate. But I will say the this latest one where you have to post three pictures of you being a player or a captain in a sporting environment or donate $10 to charity within 24 hours. And everyone's posting the pictures being like, oh, sweet, yeah, so I've posted the pictures. Don't have to, like, don't have to donate to charity. Anyway, I nominate ba ba ba. And then everyone's posting the pictures. No one's donating to charity. And it's like, it's like you posting the pictures isn't just you doing the challenge. It's you dodging the charity. Like the whole point of a charity challenge is to give to the charity. You know, it's like someone, someone's posting three pictures of them playing like soccer. Like, oh, you know, you have to post these or donate. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, sweet. Well, I'll just, I'll call back fucking camp quality and tell them the bad news. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry, unfortunately, the donation won't be coming in because, uh, yeah, the 18-hour mark, Jamo has, in fact, posted three photos of him playing Division 7 soccer. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, he, oh, he, he was good. He, he passed the challenge. So, he's nominated three more blokes, but I reckon, yeah, this challenge has not been one of our better ones. Like, everyone's donating. The, the challenge should be donate $10 to charity within 24 hours or you have to donate 20 And the key there is you still donate to charity, okay? Because a lot of people would say that the most important part of giving to charity is the part where you actually give to them, you know? Like the push-ups and the photos and the sculling the beers, it's, that's the aside, you know? That's to make it a bit of fun. But then if you don't actually donate to the charity, you're just clogging up Insta feeds at that point, you know? Like, I just don't, I just can't wrap my head around this. The one where people are doing the photos over the charity. It's like, just donate to charity. Just just donate to charity. If you're going to do it, just do it. You know, like, it just... The challenge parts of this are irrelevant. You know, it's like, do 10 push-ups to help save orangutans in Samaria. It's like, it's not actually the push-ups that save the orangutans. It's when you spread awareness and you donate to the cause. And more people donate because you've donated as well. And the money is then used by those people to help that situation. You know, there's no orangutan in a tree fucking dodging bullets from a poacher going, fuck, I hope that personal trader in Bondi gets his last 10 out. I could really use a hand up here, you know? That's not how it actually works. I feel like there's been some confusion with what charity actually is. Yeah, like... And, and, and by the way, we have donated to charity before without the challenge aspect... The bushfires. Everyone was just fucking straight into that, you know? That just shows if something is, you know, deemed serious enough by society, we'll, we'll be like, we'll just actually donate. You know, there was no 10 push-ups while eating an ice cube for the RFS, was there? You know, I think someone tried to start that challenge. They were like, right, here we go. This will be a bit of... Oh, my God, we lost another South Coast town. Oh, my... Forget the push-ups. Just donate as quick as you can. This one's actually pretty serious. We just lost a whole... Oh, my... Just donate. There's no time. There's no time for the sit-ups or the push-ups. You really just need to donate. Um, and we did it. And 50 million was raised. Probably 100 million. Way more. I don't know how much. I think Celeste Barber raised 50. It's like, so we can do it. So, like, I thought that was a moment we would just push past the push-ups. But unfortunately, we have not. And I don't mind. I'm all for charity. But when people started doing the photos or charity challenge... Well, it's not a charity challenge at that point, is it? You know? But just fucking... I don't know. 
That's it. Instagram stories are for funny band. Um, they're for DMing girls out of your league and they're for regret, okay? They're not for push-ups. They're not for sit-ups. They're for showing off your new fringe and your blonde frosted tips and waiting for girls to respond. And that's all they're for, okay? That's all they're for. So anyway. Um, all right, so the last thing I'm going to do, I'm just going to read this article. Um, so shout out um, to uh, Caitlin and Maddie who run the Rude Mood blog. It's a, it's a website like with columns and articles and stuff like that. I think it's mostly targeted at women, but I'm, I'm an absolute lad. Yeah. A fucking lad. And I, I still love it. So, um, if you're a guy or a girl, you can enjoy this. Um, I, it does say specifically on the front page of the website, it's not for trans people, which I thought was outrageously specific and unnecessary, but that's just what it says. And I'm just joking. It's a very wholesome website. So, Basically, Maddie and Maitland and Caddy, Maddie and Caitlin wrote an article all about the different types of boys. And then they asked me to write an article on the different types of girls. And look, am I an expert? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, and so that's what I've done. I've written all about the different types of girls and I'm correct. And don't question it. Whatever you do, don't question it. Because they, this is a and not an opinion article. This is... These are hard facts. Okay, so this is girls, according to me. Um, and I wrote at the top, um, why should you listen to me? Well, all you need to know is I've been on SBS4 and I've also once hooked up with a nine. So that's all you need to know because do you know how hard it is to get on SBS as a straight white male? Near fucking impossible. Okay, so these are the different types of girls. And the first one is the hot girl. All right, this girl is hot. Like 9,000 followers on a private account hot. All right. Does she know it though? Well, she posts in a crop top at her nan's funeral. So yes. Yes, she does. All right. You can have a run at her with your best band and who knows what could happen. You know, your mate Jason's girlfriend is hot. It could happen to you. You know, only they met in year seven and most hot chicks prefer Samoan blokes. So buckle up. You know, you know, all hot chicks like funny guys. Well, you might think you're funny, but after watching the hot chick laugh along with the Cronulla Sharks halfback, you will second guess yourself. Uh, remember, behind this girl's intimidating exterior is a normal person. You know, she may even have some insecurities herself. Now, look, that's just something ugly people tell themselves to make themselves feel better, all right? When it comes to hot girls, you must swing for the fences early. If she's not a massive bitch, she will be scooped up by the ripe old age of 23. And I'd like to revise that and say maybe even 22. Because these hot chicks who are good people, forget about it. They're fucking... They're like toilet paper three weeks ago. They're off the shelves, okay? If you if you meet a beautiful girl who's 28, and I'm going off script right now, but if you meet a beautiful girl who's 28 um, and she's like the best person ever, I would argue you should run for the hills because something, whether, I don't know, she might be a communist, um, she might be divorced with kids because because in my experience, there's no, there's no reason she should not have been scooped up by a gentleman, a gentleman's suitor at that point. Uh, but I will say, so with these young hot chicks, get in quick. You know, just make, you got to make her laugh, ask her out and get her on a date before she has the chance to look at your horrendous rig. That's the hot girl. And actually, this, so this is good actually because I went a bit off book with that hot girl thing. So that was good. So you're getting some extra content here. All right, the next one's the sad girl. All right, this girl knows depression is not a joke unless she's joking about it, all right? All she talks about is being sad, alone, and horny. Surely, it should make her more attainable. Well, strap in and pretend to like anime. You've got yourself a sad girl. Uh, you know, she loves Twitter, and she hates girls who don't hate themselves. So, there, but I don't know. There is something about the sad girl. You know, maybe it's her dry wit. Maybe it's the photo of her in the Sailor Moon outfit that's way too small. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Uh, but it is hard to say, you know, this girl is banterous as hell when the mood strikes. The sad girl is funny. Unfortunately, the mood only strikes her twice a year. Uh, so look, if you hook onto a sad girl, they are interesting, interesting, but get ready to clean up a lot of her ex-boyfriend's messes. Um, absolute shit show, I would imagine. And do not call a sad girl beautiful unless you want to get dumped. For some reason, that's hurtful to them. 
Don't ask me why. Uh, this next one's the retail girl. Okay, this girl works at Glassons or General Pants, but wants to get into the fashion industry someday. In quotes. Uh, with this statement, she has turned a dead-end job into a career stepping stone. What a rebrand from her, you know? She really should work in PR. Besides, everyone knows the epicenter of fashion is your local Westfield. So, the retail girl. Retail girls are hot, but usually they are pretty nice due to the extremely humbling nature of retail. You know, it's hard to be a bitch uh, when some mother of fours just called you incompetent. But, you know, this girl, I will say, can be a bit traumatic. You know, a lot of these retail girls, they'll have a, a full saga of, of different dramas before lunch. And even if only like one customer has come through, the, come through the store all day, they will have something up their sleeve of some crazy shit that happened. Um, but yeah, I don't know what goes on. These girls will spend pretty much all day on Instagram in, you know, empty lingerie stores, but they still, despite the fact they spend most of the day online shopping, they've also not wrapped their head around the fact that the internet has absolutely killed the retail industry. Regardless, I think these girls are probably some of the best girls you can meet, as long as they don't work at Cook Eye, because those girls are fucked. And I mean that. But the uh, this next girl is the retail manager girl. So she works in retail, but she's the manager. Um, she's like the last girl, but a massive bitch. Whoosh. All right, this next girl. This next girl is the career girl, all right? Driven. This girl is on a rocket ship straight to the top of some industry. Don't worry if you don't have her on LinkedIn. She will tell you all about it. Always frantically on the move. You know, this girl working, studying, working, studying. Get ready to have your ego threatened as this chick gets after it. After what exactly? No one knows for sure. She either wants to be a lawyer or a radio host or both. Uh, I tell you what, get in at the ground level with the career girls because they are going to be making bank, all right? So you want to get in there before those checks start coming in and then she'll think you love the real her. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. Uh, I would say any chick you see wearing a power suit at 19, hold on to her and don't let go until you live in a mansion, okay? Because she's getting after it. Uh, but yeah. When going after a career girl, I will say these girls can be a bit high strung, pack plenty of compliments for her and insults for her co-workers, okay? You're going to hear a lot of work stories, you know, oh, freaking Karen didn't want to stay back for 14 hours today. It's like, yeah, no, Karen's a bitch. Oh, she wanted to get home to her her husband and kids. What a, what a horrible person Karen is. You know, these girls can be more prone to breakouts, uh, breakdowns. They have fantastic skin. I don't know, <laughs> these career girls, the worst skin, no. Fantastic skin, um, but you know they're so driven, and very high strung, very tense. You know, you, the career girl gets you know get ready for a few breakdowns. Is the word I was looking for. You know, if a career girl gets a bad mark on her assignment or has a bad day at uni, um, that's pretty much going to fuck up your whole weekend. So, you know, there's not enough reassurance in the world for these career girls. You know, nah, babe, you you know you're so talented and you're so hot and you work so hard. You're the best. She can't even hear you over a Jordan Peterson podcast, okay? These chicks are going after it. Um, but look, these girls can be a bit hard to handle. They will often cast friends and family aside as they chase success, and you will eventually be replaced by some 37-year-old guy she works with. So buckle up for that. And look, this one, the girl who is your mate's ex. This one, okay. Don't do it, all right? Oh, but you get along so well. Don't do it. Oh, but it's been three years since they broke up. Don't do it. I doubt he'd care. Don't do it. But you always liked him. Don't do it. But he's moved to Canada. Look, he went to Canada for one semester. Don't do it. You absolute piece of shit. Mm, okay. And finally, the girl next door. This girl is what it's all about. All right. She's beautiful and funny and driven. She gets your weirder jokes and she rips into you harder than your mates. And for some reason, she doesn't think you're a complete piece of shit. I have no idea what's going on, but where is Judd Apatow to record this fucking magic? Okay? You know you know this girl from playing mixed tennis as a, as a kid or working together at Macca's or some weird shit? Your paths would not have crossed otherwise. Uh, it's almost like it's like destiny. I'm not saying it, you know? But the girl next door, she wears Converse on a Saturday and likes catfish in the bottom and almost as much as you. Holy shit, this chick is the one, all right? 
Well, buckle up and get ready to make or break your next six months because it's time to have a fucking shot at destiny, all right? So the next time you run into her at the pub, pray to God you've had exactly six beers and get ready to tell her she's the best girl in there, all right? This is fucking real man shit right now, all right? And if she tells you to beat it, you can and should take it personally, all right? Strap in for the winter and hope the voices don't get too loud. But it's high risk, high reward, you know? Imagine being quarantined with her. My God. Dude, I got such a crush on this chick and I just fucking made her up. All right. Do I need a girlfriend? Probably. Judging by that last one. I've just made her the love of my life. Upon reflection, the main group, and I mean this, the main group you really need to worry about is the fucking lads. Yeah? Okay? For all the different types of girls, girls come and go. I mean, really. They're like freaking huffy bikes. You know, you're going to have a few of them in your time. But they're, you know, it's the lads that are the most important. Because at the end of the day, whatever you, whatever girl you go for, there is a high chance that she will break your cricket-obsessed heart, okay? So get ready for your mates to see you cry, because it's fucking wild out there, all right? But the lads will be there when she's gone. The lads will be there when she comes back. And the lads will be there when you're on the Gold Coast, fucking doing horrendous things you'll never tell her about. The lads will be there for all of those. So don't ditch your mates. I hope that was fun. I've never read an article on the podcast before. It feels like I was kind of phoning it in. But uh, I don't know. And that's good timing because my SD card is full. Dude, I cannot tell if this pod ripped or if it sucked, but I enjoyed it. So you can back off. You can back off. But thank you for listening, guys. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah. And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's stronger than me, don't you wait too long, wait too long